believe Jesus Christ to be the way, the truth, and the life. You want to be a Christian. You want to live the Christian life. But you've never learned how to live the Christian life. What does it mean to be repentant? Does repentance mean that we are no longer sinful? You're listening to Telios Talk, a podcast on being complete in Christ, hosted by Buzzsprout. In this episode of Telios Talk, we are continuing our three-part series on the doctrine of redemption. Today's episode is the topic of repentance. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus said, Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. What does true repentance look like in the lives of Christians? Please join us as we are joined by Corey Gilmore, and we talk about all this and more. All right, welcome to Telly's Talk. We're glad that you've joined us on the podcast. Today, we will be addressing a question that everyone asks in one way or another. What is repentance and what does it mean? What does it look like and how is it manifested in our lives? I'm joined today by our special guest, Corey Gilmore. Sitting in for Ali, who's taking some time to go back to school and complete his master's degree. Corey, how are you doing yes. today? I am doing fantabulous. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do and your ministry in Abbotsford? Well, I work in a skateboard shop, replay board shop in Abbotsford. So my ministry down there is um, uh, to help the people that come in and that are in need or need gospel or need chats. I'm just an, I'm just an open resource for the Lord. So whatever Holy spirit puts on my heart to do or to reach out for somebody or with somebody, uh, I just, I just try to do what I'm told and just kind of follow the leading of the Lord. So, so that means, uh, that would mean like if somebody wants to get off the street and they want to get off drugs. I'll set up the, I'll set up the means for them to do that. Or if they just want to talk or if they want to know more about God, or if they want to hear my testimony, sometimes when they don't even want to hear it, I give it to them because the Lord's telling me to do that. Yeah, for sure. The skate skate shop's an awesome place for that because you get all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of yeah backgrounds and upbringings and ideas and philosophies in there. You know, I'd also like to add that you are a luthier and you've built two bases for me and uh, I still play them. I enjoy them every day. Thank you very much. Right on. You're welcome. I'd like to build more for you. <laughs> someday someday we'll do another one so yeah. the word repentance is defined as the action of repenting sincere regret or remorse and we read in scripture that each person who turns to god in genuine repentance and faith will be saved today we're going to discuss what is true repentance and while researching this topic i came across a book by the puritan writer thomas watson and the book was called The Doctrine of Repentance, so it just kind of felt like it just fit right in. He said, let it not be said that repentance is difficult. Things that are excellent deserve labor. Will not a man dig for gold in the ore, though it makes him sweat? It is better to go with difficulty to heaven than with ease to hell. He continued on in the book, the very first sermon that Christ preached, indeed the first word of his very first sermon in Matthew 4.17 was repent. And his farewell that he left in Luke 24, 47, when he was going to ascend, was that repentance should be preached in his name. And in Mark 6, 12, it says that they went out and preached that men should repent. And before we start here, uh, I gave you an outline of the topics that we're going to be talking about today. Was there anything that immediately came to your mind when you were reading through that outline? How pride um, likes to intercept repentance. For sure. 
There's a few questions I'm going to ask just at the beginning, just for us to think about, for the listeners to think about when it comes to this topic of repentance. If your repentance is genuine, why do you keep confessing the same sin? Does true repentance mean we never ask forgiveness for the same sin twice? And if our repentance is genuine, why do we keep sinning over and over? Well, the heart of man is wicked above all things. And, you know, we're still wrapped in this goopy skin and we're, we're spiritual creatures in, in, in wretched bodies. So yeah, that's a great question. I think you, with the people that I've come in contact with in replay, those guys, you know, they lost some of those guys already in the low of the Lord and they're, they're struggling with say addiction. Sure. Yeah. So I'm sure there's times where they're repenting of the Lord of their addiction mm-hmm. and they want help. Yeah. What I've learned is God looks at your heart. Okay. Yep. And he would rather you come back to him and talk with him about this than to try to cover it up. Because we know what happens. Like, it just gets to be a mess. Like, God's grace is part of this too, right? If we didn't have God's grace, there wouldn't be an opportunity for repentance. And it's very clear in the Bible. Yeah. So um, my thoughts on that is like, you know, there's people I know in life that are genuinely love Lord. And they're stuck by some earthbound sins. So, I mean, and it's, it's, some of it is the same sin over and over again. I, I don't think that it makes them less of a Christian. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we confuse that repentance and confession and questions yeah. like the ones that I asked are probably the most honest and sincere questions that a true Christian struggles with throughout their life. Right. I listened to something that John Piper had posted and he said that when true Christians struggle with the idea of repentance it's because there's sin in their lives and their sin seems to run contrary to verses like, Romans 6, 2, where it says, how shall we who died in sin still live in it? Mm. Um, Matthew 7, verse 23, where Jesus says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Acts three nineteen, Peter says to the multitude who's around him, repent then and turn to God so that your sin may be wiped out. Yeah. You know, and we, we discover that repentance is a doctrine which moves the unbeliever, the unrepentant sinner into a place of holiness where sin is blotted out and our daily sin requires confession. Yeah. Which, you know, confession is an act of disclosing or acknowledging our sins to God. Hebrews 6 verse 1 says that repentance is the foundation of grace. Yes. So laying a foundation of repentance. Right. Yeah. And God set us up with that beautiful grace to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, he gave us an in by providing um, the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ to, to supply the grace and, and the mercy to be able to walk before him. That's the only time a sinner can actually walk in front of God with sin is to repent. Yeah, that's right. There's, there's a number of topics we're going to just kind of address tonight. Mm-hmm. The first one is called counterfeit repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of classic examples from scripture. And I think, you know, all of these, but let's start with Esau and Esau, Esau gave away his birthright and blessing and then he yeah. begged for it to come back, you know. And I, I don't, I don't think the repentance was was true. He right. just was like, "Oh no, I lost all my stuff." You know that story? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Jacob was uh, his brother. Jacob was a little bit of a shyster, as it were. <laughs> yeah, heel catcher, right? Uh, what about Cain? So Cain, he had a half-hearted offering. Yeah. And yeah. then he got angry at God because God refused it. And then he went and killed his brother and begged for forgiveness. Uh, Right. Again, I don't see that as being true repentance. I think he was just trying to say, well, you know, I did this terrible thing, but 
don't judge me harshly. You know, a lot right. of people do that. And I don't, right. I don't think that the Bible teaches that it was true repentance at all. Right. Jumping ahead a few years, which in the Bible can be a thousand years, but thinking about Pharaoh, you, you remember yeah. Pharaoh, right? And he sent the Israelites away because his firstborn was killed. And then he recanted, he chased them down. I don't think we could call that repentance of his to be true repentance because of how he reacted. Right. Double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. Mm-hmm. The last one that I'm going to talk about is from the New Testament. Probably you could do an entire podcast about this guy, and that's yeah. Judas, Judas Iscariot. I think it's maybe a little bit divisive, but um, Matthew 27 verse 3 says that after betraying Jesus, he changed his mind. And that translated can also say that he repented, saying that I've sinned and I've betrayed the innocent blood. Mm. What are your thoughts? Do you think his uh, repentance was was honest, or do you do you think it was counterfeit as well? I think he woke up to the fact that he what, of what he did, but yeah, I think, I think his motives for that were uh, just to save his own ass. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't walking along with the twelve disciples and Jesus back in the day, obviously, but uh, you know, I would have, like to be a guy watching Judas Iscariot and how he worked within the ministry. We all have a good idea how he worked. Yeah, but he didn't really do anything for. He, oh, he, he was pretty selfish and did most things for himself. He did, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't see how this would be any different in the case of taking the silver back and maybe his, uh, maybe his repentance was he thought was genuine, but you know, obviously God judges the heart of man. Here we go, you know, God looks through yeah. us sometimes to see yeah. exactly, exactly how true we are. You know, yeah. There are three types of counterfeit repentance: uh, legal terror, yeah. resol- resolution against sin, and what's called the old heart. And each of these is actually a type of deceit. And I think the first one legal terror would actually apply to judas and it's one thing to be a terrified sinner and another to be a repenting sinner john watson in his book said that if pain and trouble were sufficient for repentance then the damned in hell should be the most penitent for they are in the most anguish yeah but you know penitent heart is just like um too late thing is is like when we're here on earth we got to listen past the gray noise to hear what god's saying to us we've got a lot of distractions here most people have plenty of opportunity to be able to turn their heart around and repent and, and come into God's God's mercy, right? Yeah, that's right. Repentance depends upon change of heart. There may be terror, yet no change of heart. So the, the second type of counterfeit repentance is resolution against sin. And I think we could also call that bargaining. We hear about bargains a person will make when he is on his sick bed. Oh God, if I if I recover, I'll but they come back as bad as ever. Yeah, they do. I uh, actually saw um, something on Facebook today. It was really interesting. It was just a post that somebody had like uh, had all the confessions of all the the world's atheists just before they died, and yeah. Napoleon Bonaparte they had all these different uh, Stalin and and how uh, I don't know how how verifiable this was, but like the, a lot of the quotes were like I made a mistake, I wasted my life, and that there is something different for us beyond life anyways it was just you know like change the heart like but they went to their they went to their deathbed you know with the knowledge yeah. the, the knowledge the whole time but then at the end of it they're like oh yeah but they're we you know they, they see it plainly right god opens up the veil of heaven to us before to, to see certain things <laughs> well you know i think it's because we're willing to make resolutions with god or little side yeah. deals is not because sin is sinful but it's because it's painful and we all of a sudden have this fear of a future evil or an apprehension of death and hell. And (laughs) what won't a sinner do? You know, what vows won't he make when he knows he's going to die 
and yeah. stand beside the judgment seat. You know, R.C. Sproul, yeah. he wrote, a superficial profession of faith is no sign of true repentance. Yes. Yeah, the third one you mentioned was old heart. So I wonder why you brought old heart into the picture here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, well, we'll come to that in a little bit. But mm -hmm. I think it reminds me of the story I once heard of the Crusaders yeah. who would get baptized before leaving, leaving for the Crusades. But they leave one hand out of the water or maybe holding onto their sword so that if they were to die, their souls would be saved even if they sinned with the unbaptized hand. Wow, interesting. That's really interesting. Well, we really don't like leaving many, many of our sinful ways, right? It feels that sometimes people would rather part with a child than with lust. And you know what? That's pretty prevalent in, um, in today's society, like even more so, like even with my back, my back history when I was going into yeah. certain places, you could definitely see that the kids were getting neglected and the drugs were getting all the attention, right? That's right, yeah. You know, it's almost like we tried to exchange one sin for another. And, and Augustine wrote, God has promised forgiveness to you repentance, but he has not promised tomorrow to your procrastination. Whoa. Yeah. He was, he, he was pretty good thinking of that guy. Oh, yeah, he was. I totally agree with that. So if that's how we define counterfeit repentance, then I think what we need to look at is true repentance, which is the yeah. second point. And here's a, here's a good definition to remember. Repentance is a grace of God's spirit, whereby a sinner is inwardly humbled and visibly reformed. And if I can get a little liberal for a second, and I, I'm not terribly liberal, I'm very conservative, but a little televangelist with you, repentance is a spiritual medicine. It consists of six special ingredients. I could just imagine some guy on TV trying to sell the special ingredients here. But uh, yeah. let, let's talk about true repentance in it six points here so okay. the the first one is sight of sin or acknowledgement yeah by lord i'm a sinner yeah you know like uh, jesus was it matthew who, was, who said that forgive me lord i'm a sinner right he was a yeah. tax collector he was the lowest of the low yeah what did jesus say like he saw the intention and the and the genuineness of matthew's heart right and it, that's the sight of sin you could see him moving we see this in the prodigal son's repentance. Luke 15, 17 says he came to himself. So he, he woke up. Yeah, exactly. He saw himself as a sinner and nothing but a sinner. Before a man can become to Christ, he must first come to himself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting on that note, I just wanted to say, you know, sometimes he has to bear us. He has to take us down to the raw, nitty gritty, nothing left and expose us in our spiritual nakedness, our physical nakedness and our mental nakedness and all of that. He just got, he's just got to strip us down sometimes. That is God's grace. Yeah. And the, the second point or the second part of this is called sorrow for sin. And this isn't something superficial. It's a holy agony. It's mm. called in scripture, a breaking of the heart. I mean, who would know this better than, than David, right? And in the Psalms, Psalms 51 and 17, we read, the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. And, um, you know, Joel, even the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 13, compares our sorrow to a rendering of your heart. And I was, when I was reading this, when I was writing it down, I thought of rendering, like we render pork fat, right? And you render it down and you separate it into all its little bits. Mm -hmm. And uh, like to render your heart is just to like mm -hmm. tear it down to its, to its pieces, right? And yeah, then to start yeah. from, from scratch again. Yeah. If, if someone says to me that he can't believe without doubting, then I suspect his faith may not be true. And he says, that he could repent without sorrowing, then I suspect his repentance isn't true either. 
God can see through lies. He can see through deception. We, we can't be deceitful with God. Yeah. And we, we talked earlier about the difference between repentance and confession. So this yeah. third ingredient, as it were, uh, to repentance is confession of sin. And without going into the, the Catholic idea of confession, let's just run through some guidelines, quickly some guidelines to confession. So right. confession must be voluntary. Right. And confession must be without compunction. So yeah. you need to have this feeling of guilt. Like you can't come to confession if you don't feel guilty. It doesn't make sense, right? Right, right. Confession must be sincere. In true confession, a man particularizes sin. So you kind of know what it is that you're sin. Like you don't go in and you just go, I don't know if I sinned today, God, but if I did, like, forgive me of my sin. In true confession, I believe you know what the sin is in your heart. And you, mm. you pull that out, right? Sin is to be confessed with all circumstances and aggravations. And we must confess our sins with a resolution not to act them over again. And, you know, we do, right? You said at the beginning, our heart is yeah. deceitful above all things. We are sinful creatures is what we are. Right. right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, that was exactly my point at the beginning of all of this. Many sins which we commit are by special instigation of the devil. And shouldn't this cause shame? Of course it should. But that's like an easy answer. You, know? <laughs> you talked about nakedness earlier, which was great because mm. sin makes us naked, doesn't it? And, and yeah. that nakedness breeds shame. And mm. I just think of this reaction that Adam and Eve had when their nakedness yeah. was revealed to them, right? They felt shame, which they attributed to nakedness, but it was ultimately due to their sin. Right. And sin strips us of those white linens of holiness that, uh, right. that we talk about. When we are truly repentant, then we should develop a hatred for sin. And um, this is the fifth ingredient on the list. Can you love God? Can you be a follower of Christ if you do not hate sin? No. The greatest judgment God lays on man in this life is to let him sin without control. You know, that leads us to the last point, turning from sin. And this last part of true repentance is a visible change. It's almost as if another soul became embedded in our body. Mm. And you've sort of talked about this, but Corey, tell us about your experience in this kind of thing. I can't get into too much detail, but I got to a point in my life where everything caught up to me. Yeah. Everything, 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 everything. And uh, I lost everything. But after spending some time with God in all of this and figuring out what he was doing, it was, it was actually not a hard thing to turn and confess and to repent. Yeah. Because, you know, like, you know, again, for me, it's grace, right? God's grace. I, under, I started understanding God's grace in my life. And I used to be too hard on myself about everything. And I used to cover it up with a bunch of garbage and sin and stuff like that. So that piled on for years. But, you know, like yeah. just being stripped of most of my faculties almost unto physical death and Wendell can attest to that. Yeah. But the cool thing was, is when that was happening, growing closer to death, it was really cool how I kind of reached out to God, but you know what? The real cool thing was, is, is how God reached out to me and he, and through his word and through meditation of prayer, it became a natural thing to want to confess and to repent. Yeah. And when, and when we do that, what we're doing is we're purifying our spirit and our soul and, it gives God more of a right in our life to be able to move. Yeah. It's because God cannot be in the presence of sin. Yeah. So when we start stacking sinful things in our life, it basically what you're doing is you're building a wall for, from God. Yeah. But as much as you build that wall from God, it takes understanding grace, confession, and repentance for that wall to come down. And it comes down quick. 
So, um, yeah, that's, I, I have lived, lived this and I, and I can't forget it because of the circumstances I've, I've experienced sin. And I th- we all have, if we, if we're breathing on God's green earth, we've, we've, uh, we've, we've all sinned, right. For all of sin and fall short of God's glory. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but the cool thing is, is God wants us to be in his glory. And the only way we can do that is by confession and repentance. And you alluded to the old heart earlier on. Yeah. Just to put a little bit of background to what you're talking about. Like you came from a place in your life where your sin caught up to you. Yeah. And, and then as if that wasn't bad enough, yeah. you discovered that your heart, your actual physical heart, wasn't going to do it anymore. And, right. and you ended up having surgery. And you had a heart transplant. So when people talk about a change, or like I said, it's as if another soul becomes embedded in your body. Like when you went through the heart transplant and you came out of that, God had been working with you beforehand, but you came out of that. And I can tell you that I saw a different person in you after that experience, you know? I give that all to God. I give that glory to God, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And not everybody experiences that. And I, I think you would agree with me. You wouldn't wish that on anybody. <laughs> That's the truth. You know, they talk about a hardened heart, right? Well, 10 days out of the hospital, I went back to St. Paul's. Like you think I just want to stay home and enjoy my freedom, but I actually went back and held my old heart. Yeah. And it was hard. I remember you sending me a photo of your heart and just, uh, man, unbelievable. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Oversized and, uh, and um, hard. And what is it? It says in Ezekiel, right? Pull out this card of stone and put a new artifact, right? I thought I'd just share a few more thoughts uh, before we finish our discussion. There's this idea of enforcing repentance, right? So, and again, we've touched on this briefly, but the pure nature of God denies communion with an unrepentant creature. Until the sinner repents, God and he cannot be friends. So we have by our sin wronged God and none of us are righteous. Today, it's popular to think of God as our buddy. <laughs> and there are, uh-huh. there are many voices. And you don't even have to try anymore. You can even just go to your local church sometimes, unfortunately. But there's a lot of voices out there saying that God overlooks our sin because he loves everyone. If we say that God should save men without repentance based on our being good, or, you know, that God shouldn't discriminate, then, you know, through that thought, through that logic, God would have to save everyone. And that goes against the very nature of who God is. Well, yeah, like um, it's not saving if you're restoring the whole kit and caboodle, right? You know, it's it's wishful thinking that God, you know, that God could save everybody. He gives everybody an opportunity, but not everybody's going to take the opportunity and they have to go down with the ship, sadly, sad to say. Yeah. So, yeah. If there's one thing we should mention is comfort for repenting sinner. We've talked about this already. When we repent of our sins, we are pardoned and we are forgiven. Psalms 32 1 says, Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and whose spirit has no deceit. So when we repent, God passes an act of oblivion. Uh, so he forgives our sins as he forgets it. Jeremiah 31 34 says, I will remember their sin no more. And this is one of the great mysteries of God, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. He wants relationship. He laid it all on the cross and he laid it all down. He lays it all down for us every day. Mm-hmm. And he makes it very clear how, how we're, how we're supposed to do this. Yeah. You know, and some things happens that it's hard to describe. Your conscience is at peace. So one last thing before we wrap this up, there's good reason that we should go to God for repentance. Right. Repentance is a gift from God. And that means he gives it to us and we can do nothing to get it for ourselves. Right. Acts 11 verse 18 tells us, 
Indeed, God has to the nations also granted repentance to life. So repentance is a promise from God. Just listen to what it says in Jeremiah 24, 7. And I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. And we could turn this promise into a prayer. We could say, Lord, give me grace to return to you with my whole heart. Yes. And that's what he wants you to do. Yeah. And the provision's there for The provision's been made for us. So now the provision's been made for us. We have no excuses. No. If you understand the depth of this, there's no excuse. Yeah. Uh, in Matthew 3, 2, we hear John the Baptist saying, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And I can't help drawing a parallel between that and the command Jesus gave us to spread the good news to everyone. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah, right? Spreading yeah. the good news to everybody. That's the goal. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank you for joining me today, Corey. And uh, it, it's my hope that you enjoyed your time on Telly's Talk discussing repentance as part of our series on the doctrine of redemption and mm -hmm. sharing how your life has been impacted by your Christian walk. I wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. So next month, we're going to be talking about the 95 Thesis as part of our nod to Halloween. And in November, we will finish up this current series with a look at justification. I think we should close with a word of prayer. Amen. Yeah. All right. Father God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you how you come alongside us and in our repentance, take the sin away from us that we would be judged by in your presence. Yes. That, that you laid that guilt on your son mm -hmm. to become the blood sacrifice so that we could be in your presence, Lord, that you cannot be in the presence of anything unholy. You would take that sin away from us and make us holy so we could spend an eternity with you. Lord God, also pray that we would take up our commission, that we would go and share this good news of repentance to the people around us every day. Be willing to share it, uh, be willing to talk about it, and be the ambassadors that you've called us to be. Father, I, I pray for Corey in his ministry, in his work, in his life. Um, you've given him an incredible story, an incredible witness, and uh, just keep working alongside him and bringing people to him daily that you could witness to. I uh, pray for Ali as well as he's working through his schooling, uh, working toward his master's. We pray that you would bless him, put your hand on him, uh, give him a hedge of protection and bring him back to us smarter um, and ready to share what it is that you put on his heart. We pray, pray this in, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Next month, Telios Talk celebrates the season with a look at the Protestant Reformation and the 95 Theses on their anniversary. We hope you will join us as we explore church history and how the Reformation was instrumental in changing how the Christian Church approached Scripture and its impact on our lives. Don't forget to visit our Facebook, Patreon, and YouTube sites. We are always happy to visit and answer questions. Our Facebook page has discussions, articles, and links to the topics we discuss monthly. Keep us in your prayers as we prepare our podcast every month. We look forward to sharing with you again.
do we believe what we believe we believe? 